All right, Psalm 127, turn there. I have never looked at this psalm in the way that I see it tonight. And uh, we're going to go ahead and read this. There are keys that God has for us to bring transformation, uh, not only in our families, but, but in our, our city, in our church. Let me say it this way. The United States of America, I don't know if say it even broader, nations are made of families. Families are made of individual people. A family is basically a husband, a wife, and children. Transformation has got to start in the family if you're going to transform a culture, going to transform a nation, going to transform a city. It's got to happen in your family. If it doesn't happen in your family, then we're missing it. And uh, we are a, a very unusual church in that we have so many children and large families, and it's absolutely unique. I've never seen a church like ours with almost as many children as we have adults. Be fruitful and multiply. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, it's, it's not in the water. If you're all there, Psalm 127, I am almost there. We preached this morning out of Psalm 122. And I'm told it was a powerful message. It was for me. All right, here we go. New International Version. Let's read Psalm 127, the entirety of it. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's in vain you rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, everybody say behold. Behold, children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do. Move in great power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'd encourage you to take notes, but I've taken the liberty of not preparing them for you tonight, just so that I could be moved along and go whatever direction the Spirit of God would lead me. Uh, it is our 12th anniversary today, and uh, we're celebrating that, and so grateful for what God has done in this house over these past 12 years. It is uh, amazing to look out and see the, the, eth the ethnos, the, the different ethnicities that are represented here. I mean, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. There's, it is absolutely amazing what God has done. And you know, you don't see that in every church. It is absolutely a sovereign move of God's Spirit I mean, there is every nationality in Alaska, just about, is represented here. And I'm so grateful for that. God has keys for us, as I began to say, keys to, to take this state for Christ. Not only to take our state, but to take every state. 
not only to take every state, but to take our nation. And one of those keys is families. And it takes an extra, extraordinary touch of God to raise a godly family. And if ever we needed godly role models, men and women, fathers and mothers, we need them right now. And this, this psalm, as I looked at it with a fresh, through a fresh lens from the Holy Spirit, gives us some keys of how to unlock and release the weapons of the Lord, your children. Your children were created by God for a, for a plan, for a purpose. And you were created to raise them, to release them like a warrior, arrows. Another psalm says, releasing the arrows of the Lord sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The, proper, the, the process, pardon me, of education, and I'm wrestling with this, uh, myself right now. I have a daughter, as many of you know, uh, Hannah, who's in university right now. And she's being educated, we hope. No, I mean, I know we're paying the bills, and there's certainly big bills coming, and I know she's going to class, and she's getting straight A's, and we're really proud of her. And she's making friends, and godly friends at that. She, she called us today, and got powerfully touched by the Holy Spirit at our church in Branson. And, and got prophesied over uh, by, by Walase and Rachel Fagautu. Fagautu. Yeah, that's what I meant, right. Praise God. And we've known them, we've known that family since they were, you know, they were kids in the church, or youth anyway. And she got powerfully touched. You know, the, the purpose of education, listen to this very closely. It's not just to be educated to learn something. It's actually to be released to do the will of God, to, to expand the, the power of the kingdom of God. So if, an ed, if the, in the process of education, your own personal education, the education of your children, that process is being hindered, you want to amend that. You, you, you need to make sure that your kids are growing in the knowledge of God, but that they're releasing the kingdom. The purpose is not just so that you know something. The purpose is so that you can touch and lives and bring healing, bring change, and bring transformation in the marketplace. Come on, Psalm 2, I've set my king in Zion. We need to release people into the marketplace. Listen, the church has missed it by and large over the past few decades. It, you don't just pray and hope that, that your kid become a pastor. I mean, that's a great thing. That might happen for my kids. That's happened for me. But we need to pray and believe that God would raise them up to be doctors and lawyers and moving in the marketplace. And come on, there's about 25 people that determine basically the, 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 the uh, fashion and what you wear. And most of them live alternate lifestyles. We need a great move of God in our homes to release the arrows of the Lord. And, and your kids need to know that. I love, I love get. I got wisdom from um, Brother Haggerty Jr. What's your name again? I'm going to get it. Zach, right. What's up? I've only known you for like 10 plus years, 12 years, and I, I've got your name. I remember calling Zach and uh, getting wisdom from you before I sent my, my daughter off to school. And I think if I, if I could quote you, you said, well, if I had to do it over again, I'd just make sure my heart was totally dialed for the Lord before I went for the university thing. 
And I took that to heart. It was like it's still emblazoned on my heart. And we felt led of the Spirit to do what we did with our own daughter. Our education process for Daniel might be different. Here's the thing. This, this psalm, you all there? It takes an extraordinary touch. Read this with me now. Unless the Lord builds the house. I want you to underline house. Unless the Lord builds the, the house. Now that's the household of faith. I think it's the house of God. And it, it's certainly your family. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So it's giving us right away two different ways to build. The Lord building a house or building a house without the Lord, which means you're not building too good. I built a chicken coop a while back, and it was, a, it was like a real-life illustration of how I can't build anything with wood, nails. I mean, I got to, you know, measure, measure twice, cut once. I got to measure like five times, and I still end up cutting more than once. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, I measured 35 and a quarter, and I get back. And it's 53 and a quarter. Wasn't it 53 and a quarter? Wait a second. I got to go back and I look. Wait, 53 or 30? 30, 30. Lord, help me. I reverse numbers, do all kinds of stuff. You don't want me building anything that has to do with measuring. I'm really not good at it. If I try to do that, it's definitely in vain. And you end up with a chicken coop like I had, which is, it was uniquely twisted. No, really. It was like, it was twisted. It had a twist in it. And uh, I was talking to a brother in the church who, who was a contractor, and uh, I was telling him, yeah, so what do I do now? Because, like, it doesn't look right. And he said, let me come over. Let me, let me take a look at it. He comes over. He's like, we can fix it. <laughs> I thought, praise the Lord. It was like the Lord showed up. He brought out a laser leveling devices. They fixed the foundation first corrected that straightened some things out and then finally like it started looking like it was straight the thing is I can't make something straight but it drives me nuts when I see it's not straight because I can see that does anybody know what I'm talking about some of you have to move the salt and pepper shakers and make sure they're in the right place otherwise you like lose your mind wait that's called OCD you can be delivered amen unless the Lord builds a house the builders labor in in vain watch this Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guard stands watch in vain. It takes more than just being a regular parent to raise up a world changer. It takes the Lord to do that. It really does. Now this talks, this next verse, I saw it as God talking to parents whose children are not walking with the Lord. And that could be because of of some of your failings, and we'll all repent tonight at some point. Or it could be because of some of the choices that they make. But listen to this, Psalm, two, Psalm uh, 127, verse 2. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. There is a, a, it's a picture of parents and their children and how you lose sleep if your kids aren't serving God. Listen, if your kids don't end up, can I tell you one of the most painful experiences and we could have people stand up and testify right now. If you've got little ones in your house, for the love of God, you better hear me right now. You have to learn how to raise those kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
We could have, we could line up parents right now, the difficulty and the pain that they have gone through because their kids strayed, partly because of their, the kids on rebellion, other parts because maybe the parents didn't do a, a model uh, of what it is to be a, a, a godly parent. I, I, I've, got, I've got people that used to be in the church, I'll just say it that way. They, they supported their kids in all kinds of stuff, everything except growing in the knowledge of God. And now as the kids are grown up, they're on drugs, they're messed up, they're pregnant out of wedlock. And I'll tell you who loses sleep. The parents lose sleep every night. It is a heartbreaking life of toil and torment when your kids don't serve God. And so I'm trying to tell you tonight that God wants to build your house in such a way that your kids become the very arrows of the Lord and are absolutely used to change our nation, change our state, change, come on, change wherever they go, wherever God would launch them. Come on, some of you, you just need a shower in the Holy Ghost. Just lift your hands and let the Holy Spirit shower you right now. Oh, help me. We have all fallen short. We all need help. You know, if there's futility in your family, you're seeing things aren't working, for God's sake, change. Praise break. Everybody just worship God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll never forget riding with Pastor Vince in my car in, in uh, Kauai. And um, I don't know, Pastor Karen was picking on me or something. I don't know what was happening. But we ended up getting in an argument. Now, you know your family when you can just straight argue and get in a fight in front of the person that's with you. So, Pastor Vince was at family status by that time long ago. you still family status, of course. And as we're arguing, and it's really intense in the car, I mean, we're like, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. I told you. I mean, like, you know, like a real, oh, you guys never argue. Ooh. Ooh. So we're arguing, and in the back seat, all we hear is, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There he is singing like Benny Hinn in the back seat. A black Benny Hinn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We started laughing and God's presence came in. We're like, oh yeah, Pastor Vince is in the car. Praise God. Sometimes you got to have a praise break. when it gets, It's going to get a little stiff in here for a second, but it'll be good by the end. Come on, take a praise break. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lord. If things aren't working in your family, that is an indication that it's time for change. On Saturday, Friday night to Saturday, my beloved wife with all you other great women of God that went to the encounter, I was alone in my bed, cold. And... I was going to sleep, and it took me a while to go to sleep. I finally went to sleep. I think I was overtired. And then I heard, Cheep! I woke up. My 45 over here. What is that? Cheep! Oh, the fire alarm. Cheep! Okay, so I thought, the battery's low. 
I know some of you are on a very tight schedule of changing your 9-volt batteries in your, in your fire alarm. So, you know, you've got it dated. You know, you've got it written, the date. And then you, you, know, you swap it out. And, you, you know, you check, your, you, you check it's the yearly time to swap out your 9 volts. That's not how we work in our house. We wait for the cheap. So, I was exhausted, so I was able to sleep through the cheap, cheap. But it's an indicator that it's time to change the 9-volt battery in the smoke alarm. But I forgot. I did. Honestly, I did. I forgot. And then last night, I'm sleeping, and then I hear, cheap. And it wakes me up. I'm like, uh, no, it's not going to work. And so, I, I go to find it. So, I stand over the one in my room. I'm looking at it. It's 2 in the morning. And you know, you know there's a time period, right? So I, it, it went cheap. And I, I've got it pretty well clocked about when the next cheap is going to come, you know? So I'm like, okay, here it comes. I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going to rip it out of the wall. I'm going to take out the battery. I'm going to do whatever because we're going to deal with it tomorrow morning. And so I get out and I walk, and I think it's the one in my room. And I hear cheap, but it's not that one. So I'm like, okay, it's the one in the hallway. So I wait in the hallway. Cheap. I'm like, was it my room? It's like a demonic thing. Does anybody? I went from like three. Cheap. Cheap. There was three of them. There's one in my room, one in the hallway, one in Hannah's room, and then one in Danny's room. How many? How many fire alarms you got to have for God's sake? And I'm just sitting here. Cheap. I'm praying for discernment. Cheap. No. Cheap. No. God it again, y'all. I solved the problem. I shut the door, and I think it was outside my room, and it all worked out. Come on, somebody say amen. If things aren't working in your family, you have to change things. It's not God's will for you to lose sleep over your kids. It's not God's will for you to have futility, frustration, and strife in your house. It's God's will for you to walk in a way that actually you, are, you can sleep. We have, uh, we read these books early on, uh, on being baby wise, I think they're called. There's a whole series on being baby wise, and there's child wise, and one of the, it, it was a revelation to us, that when you have a child, the child becomes part of your family, you don't become part of the child's. Meaning that, as a father and a, and, a, and a wife, as a parent, I direct the child. So they're on my schedule. They do what, 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 what we do. Now, I don't do what they do. Come on, the kids cry when they're wet. Kids cry when they have a dump in their shorts. Kids cry when they're, they're hungry. Kids, kids cry when they have a rash. Kids cry because they feel like crying. Kids cry because they want attention. Kids cry because they want to be put down. Kids cry because they want to be picked up. Kids cry because their foot hurts. Kids cry just to see you go, <gasps> they, they, they cry because they want attention. I mean, how are you supposed to discern what's a dump or attention? How many are you supposed to know that? Mothers have an amazing ability. Mothers have an amazing ability to know, oh, that's the hunger cry. And then there's like a supernatural letdown factor for those of you that are feeding in that way. Let's move over here. That the cry actually releases milk. 
That's amazing. Wow. Praise break. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You've really got to get some tools. Now, we're working on a series, Pastor Kirsten and, uh, and myself and our families and, and others. We're working on a series, and uh, we'll roll it out here soon. What are we calling it? The Parent Family Toolbox or something like that? You need tools. You need tools on how to raise godly children. Some of you understand fully what I'm talking about. Other of you just losing sleep and they're still, they run your life. Kids should not run your life. You should run theirs. Somebody's like bumping, I told you that's the way it should be. Watch this. What's the key? Look at verse 3. Listen, the key to building your house, the key to building the house of God, the key to transforming the United States of America, the key to your joy, the key to fulfillment is verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward. Children are a reward. A what? A reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born of one's youth. You see, God sees you, and he wants to bless you, so he gives you children. Listen, this requires a paradigm shift. Some of you have learned from your parents, you know, children to be seen and not heard. Some of you learned that, that children are just, wait, just one day they're going to grow up, and for God's sake, they'll get out of the house, praise the Lord. Listen, that's not a godly mindset. That's not a mindset from the Word. That's not. And many of you were wounded even because of what took place in your own family, that you, that they, you, you weren't appreciated. It's taken me a little while to figure this out, and I'm still learning. But we've, I've told my own children, where's Daniel? Wave at me, son. I've told my children, my son over here, my daughter over at school, I've told them, listen, we can't do this thing without you. Your prayers are important. When my son prayed for me this morning, man, I needed, I needed God to touch me this morning. I'm just telling you, I did. him in my office. There was a lot going on, a lot, a lot of challenges, a lot of plates spinning, and then I, just a whirlwind of trying to get my message together and just, just some warfare. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any trying to do something for God, you might have some pushback. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. That's the way it is. You're going to get pushback. So I'm in the middle of the pushback, and I thought, and my son, my son pray for me. So I asked him to pray for me. He prayed. God touched me, and we came out of the gate swinging. And God moved in power because of the prayer that he prayed. Of course, I prayed, and I agree. But I'm telling your kids need to know that they're a heritage from the Lord. They need to know that you're, they're a reward. Come on, say, my children are a reward. Say it. My children. They need to hear you say it. They need to hear you say, you know what, you're important. They need to hear you say, you know something, I'm really glad that I'm a part of this family. It's not about you. It's about them. And raising them up and releasing them into the purposes of God. We really do. We need a paradigm shift. The fruit of the womb is a reward. The Lord wants you to realize that children are supposed to bring you joy. And I, can, I can almost, I, I feel it in the spirit. It's like, what? 
Yeah, I said children are supposed to bring you joy, not sleeplessness, not, so, not, the, not sorrow and toil. That's not what children are supposed to bring you. Children are supposed to bring you joy. That is God's plan. That's God's plan. Now, that's a revelation because then you can begin to pray. God, you gave me my children. Okay. They're supposed to be a joy. Your plan is to make them an arrow. They're, but, Lord, they're, they're a pimp right now. But your plan is that they, how many of you know that would I'm not going to define that. Let me say it this way. They're doing something that's contrary to God's plan. So that's not such a joy. But God's word says that that he will give his beloved sleep and that children are a reward, a heritage from him. So you take that and you look at the obstacle that's before you and your children that are perhaps wayward and you declare, even though you made mistakes, even though you might not have done all that the Lord wanted you to do. You know, we all have shortcomings. I mean, what I know now as a parent, I wish I knew 15, 16 years ago. But I'm glad that, I, that somehow I was resourced and I had, mo- I had people model what it is to be a good parent before us so that, my gosh, I, we made some mistakes, but I really would have been messed up if, if I didn't get some training. I, we read books. We resourced ourselves. And every kid's different. I said every kid is different. There's no cookie-cutter program. You have to be led by the Spirit. Some kids are more sensitive. Other ones require a firmer hand. You have to need, you need wisdom from God so that you can make an arrow to, to be shot for the Lord. And if you have kids that are wayward, you begin to declare, God, I serve you. I love you. Yes, I, I, I made some mistakes. But God, your word says that children are a reward. Your word says they'll be like arrows in my quiver. Oh, God, straighten them out. Help them. Set them free. And use them, I pray in Jesus' name. Children are supposed to be a joy. Come on, say it. My children are a joy. Say it. My children are a joy. Not just making children a joy. Actually, your children actually being a joy. Some of you missed that, which is probably good. The whole thing should be a joy. God saw your commitment one to another. He saw how you loved each other and loved him, and he rewards you with a child. Or two, or three, or four. And now I want to tell you something. I believe that the righteous ought to have as many kids as God would lead them to have. Why? Because if you can raise your children up, I mean, I was looking out over here and I saw three boys standing here, and I forget exactly which three ones they were, but they've been in the church a long time already years. So they were, you know, babies, and now they're now they're now they're growing up. And I looked and I saw three leaders. And it was like, in twinkling of an eye, they were then teenagers. And, and, and I looked again, and it was like they were men. What you're pouring into this, you blink. Ask anyone that's older. You blink, and the, the process of raising your children's over. And I just remember when little Hannah was, uh, you know, it seemed like it was yesterday. Isn't that right, Pastor Vince? You blink, and the process is over. God wants you to fashion and mold them and make them, challenge them, teach them. To give them a moral warehouse with the word of God. To teach them to pray. Your children need to know that. That they're important. Like arrows, verse 4, in the hands of the warrior. I mean, 
But when you read Psalms and you read the Bible, allow for your imagination to be, to be stirred by the Holy Spirit. Like arrows. Come on, I'm just, I've got a bunch of arrows in my, I've got my, my bow. And I'm a mighty warrior. And I pull one out. And launch a child. For the glory of God, do you understand? Into the marketplace, into the house of God, into their calling and their destiny and their purpose. And in doing that, it brings forth victory. You know, Jesus said it'd be better for me to go. It's better for me to go so that the, I can send the Holy, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and he'll live on the inside. He said it's better for me to go because then I can make a whole bunch of Jesuses, if I could just say it that way. It's better for me to go so that my, the same spirit that raised me from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can live on the inside of you and produce the same kind of fruit. Isn't that amazing? Come on, greater works will you do than these. Your kids, your ceiling ought to be their floor. Believe God to launch your kids into purpose and destiny. They're not, they're not just something that's irritating you. They've been entrusted to you, and they're a gift and a reward. And you spend time, you learn how to raise them. Learn about first-time obedience. Learn about how it is to chastise them properly. Learn how it is to train them. Learn. Why? Because we have a whole nation that is like fatherless and abandoned a whole generation. He said, well, no, not in my family. I'm glad not in your family, not in my family either. Although my personal family, when I was raised, was totally destroyed. By the time I was seven, my, my parents were divorced, and I thought it was my fault. And I couldn't figure that out for the longest time. And then I had this really tender, sensitive heart that was just ripped in half because, because my father no longer lived with us. I mean, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. So now my, my mother was there, and we were, you know, so 70s, and so... There was all kinds of child support issues and everything, and my dad was, was well off, an attorney. And so I would be with my mom, and then every other weekend I went to dad's. So we'd be at, you know, with mom, my brothers and everything, and uh, things were tight. I remember having a bag of bagels. I remember Lender bagels. They're terrible. Sugar and carbohydrates. I've done away with it now bag of lender bagels and for a week one bag for the whole family for a week i mean you know you could eat half or whatever i mean i just remember times it was very lean but then i would go to my father's house and you know he he was an attorney so i'd go to my dad's house and i had all kinds of sugar donuts and chocolate donuts and all kinds of dinners and orange juice i mean like orange juice was like oh, orange juice and, and an ice maker dude he had an ice maker and a microwave, like when they first were released in like 1973 or whatever it was. And so as a kid, it was confusing. And I didn't have a church. We didn't go to church. We went to a Catholic church, which was like weird. And so as a kid, as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old, it was like my heart just got ripped in half. It was so confusing. Now maybe you came from a divorced family. Or maybe, maybe you've gone through divorce now and your kids are suffering through that. I'm going to tell you something. There can be healing and hope for the divorcee. There is healing and hope for the divorcee. There is. And there's reason for divorce. There, are, there is. And your kids can be healed. And listen, if you're a, a child and you've been through divorce in your family, you can be healed of that. But I look back on the pattern of my life and how the enemy tried to turn me and kill me, basically. It all started right there when the covering came off of my family. And my father, I didn't know where he was. And he did the best he could. 
He's one of my best friends now. I deeply respect him. He wasn't a man of God when I was growing up, but he was a hard-working marine lawyer. That stood for something. I know how to work hard. You get blisters on your hands, so what? That's irrelevant. Keep raking. So that's good. that could be a good thing. You know, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm just talking about learning and growing. Wherever you are in your family, understand that your role in your family as a parent is to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord as an arrow. And wherever you are in the healing process, receive healing, receive a wash, receive a shower of the Holy Spirit. So that, listen, there's some that don't have fathers. You could be a father to that one. I was so glad when I came to the house of the Lord and I found a father. Men that put their arm around me in a loving Christ-like way and told me, you can do it, son. I believe in you. I'm like, what? You talking to me? I remember the first time it happened. I was so encouraged. I had this man come up to me. He was a businessman in the church. And he came up to me and said, you know, I've been watching you. I'm like, okay. He's like, you've got leadership on you. You know, my wife and I, we want you to come over for dinner. We want to talk to you and just encourage you. I thought, oh, my gosh. Man, somebody cares enough to call. Nobody ever asked me to dinner. Nobody ever did anything like that for me. Till I went over, and it was a stinking Amway. It was Amway sales. I'm going to tell you something. I almost punched him in his mouth. Oh, no, I was like, I might have been saved. I certainly wasn't sanctified. I just wanted to crack him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You manipulated me, you punk. You, you, you made me feel special and built me up so that you could make money off of toilet paper? What is wrong with you? It was, it was a, false, a false father. But I had somebody soon come after, like Dr. Morocco and different ones that I thought were way older than me. They certainly dressed older. Pastor Brian. And would put his arm around me and Pastor Chris would put his arm around me and tell me, man, you can do it. You know what your kids need to you to hear, and you need to hear, we're, we're all kids. How many of you, a son or a daughter, every one of us are sons or daughters, all right. We all need to hear that we can do it. We all need to hear that we can make it. We all need to hear that God is for us, so who can be against us, and that God has fashioned us and made us at this time in history to be like an arrow for the Lord. I remember going, it was the second prophetic conference. We've had 24? How many is there now? I don't know. 20-something. 23? We just had the 23rd. We just had the 23rd. Well, it was 1995, that's the first one. So do the 20, 20, 23. Okay, so I go and I'm serving, and Pastor Brian puts his hand on my back, and we go up to this room, and he says, Okay. Daniel, I said, yeah. He said, see this room? I said, yeah. He said, you're now in charge. I was like, what? He said, yeah, you're in charge. See that guy over there? I said, yeah. He says, go tell him to do something, even if it's nothing. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. And he pats me on the back, and he leaves. He disappears. So there I am. I'm in the room. I'm thinking, I do not want to. I am the leader now in the room. There's like 80 people there, and here comes the prophet man of God. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But man, I felt the wind of the Spirit in my heart. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I've been entrusted with a prophetic call-out room. I'm in charge. You know what I did? I went right over to that guy who I could tell you is, but I'm not going to tell you his name. And I went right over to him. I said, hey, bro. Now, he's about my age. He's about my age, and we were like on the level. You know what I mean? 
But the administrator just told me I'm in charge, and he didn't know that. And he told me to go tell him to do anything, even if it's nothing. So I just went up to him. I said, hey, bro, go get me a package of pens, will you? They're downstairs. Thanks. I walked away. He's like, okay. And so he just went and got a package of pens, and guess who's in charge? I am. <laughs> what are you saying? When your kids begin to experience, you tell them they're important, then you empower them. And when they begin to experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit through them praying for you, through them being involved in your business, being involved in ministry, being involved in finances, when you need a miracle in your home, you get your family around and you say, you don't have to put the whole weight on them. Well, if we don't have God come through, we're going to lose our house. No, you, you don't do that, but you, you put a little bit of weight on them and say, hey, listen, we need a miracle. Mommy and daddy, the family needs a miracle. Come on, pray. Would you pray? Oh, God, it's a miracle. And you'll be surprised what happens. And when the miracle comes, then they just feel like, When the power of God flows through your kids, it'll set their heart to serve them the rest of their life. But if you put them over in a corner and say, oh, well, you know, they're supposed to be seen but not heard. And, and don't, you, don't you worry your little head. Listen, I think you should speak words that are over their head so they can expand their, expand their vocabulary. I believe that you should empower your kids and teach them to be arrows sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. That is a lifestyle. It goes on to say, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. How many of you got a lot of kids? Say, hallelujah, I'm blessed. Come on, say it, I'm blessed. They will not be put to shame. I love this. They, meaning you and them, will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents at the gate. You involve them. It's not enough just to teach them the word. Please hear me. Teach them the word, yes. Get them on a schedule, a discipline of reading the word. Get them involved in children's ministry, serving in children's ministry. Yes, yes, yes. But allow them to be a part of the miracle. Allow them to be a part of family breakthrough. You know what's important? I think sitting around the table, having dinner as a family is important. And it's a crazy world we live in, but, but try to do it at least once a week. No phones. Put the phone up. Turn the TV off. And, and have some fun at the dinner table with your family. Joke around a little bit. You know, some of you just stiff as starch. Lighten up. Lighten up. Have some fun. Tell some jokes. Here's a little thing that we do in our family. It's called high-low. High-low. What's the high point of your day and what's the low point? So you can share what, you know, what, you were, what you're disappointed about. What was I disappointed about today? And you can share, well, you know, this happened and that's not what I was hoping for. And it was a bummer. And everybody's like, oh, wow. Okay, well, what's the high point? Oh, man, I'm just grateful to be eating dinner right now. I just love my family. I mean, it's amazing what will happen. Some of you don't have family dinner anymore. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to encourage myself. Amen. Praise God, Pastor Daniel. I'm going to do it. We're going to have family dinner. Hey, hallelujah, I'm going to meet with my kids around the table. We're going to rejoice. Get off your devices. Put your phones up. Turn off Fox News and CNN and tune into each other's hearts. Look at each other in the face and encourage each other and pray for each other and have your kids do that. If you don't do that, you'll lose your kids. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Man, I am like spitting all over my iPad. It's not enough to put the word in them. You raise them right, then they will contend 
and bring the kingdom in the gates. The gates are a place of decision making. The gates are the, are the Zion of our day. They're the, they're the, they're the places of influence. Places of power and authority. Raise your kids up to make a difference in the world. If we do that in this church, we do that in this church, then right from this church we'll see more mayors, Mayor. Even from this church a governor could rise. It's not about just getting educated. It's getting educated in the knowledge of God and making a difference for the kingdom. If you just get educated... Come on, education has become an idol. You think we should be educated? Yes, I do. I think education is important. But first, you better have your heart tuned, like, like Brother Zach said. Can I call you Brother Zach? With that hair and everything, it just kind of reminds me of like the hippies thing and the 60s you know, the Jesus movement. You kind of look like Jesus, actually, to me right now. Come on, get your heart Get the plumb line, I love you, Zach. Get the plumb line of God's word in your heart and, and teach them to do the same thing. What profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Oh, your kids might have tremendous education and money, but if they lose out and end up in hell, well, you'll certainly have sleepless nights. Raise your children to be arrows. They're a reward from God. Come on, say it. My children are a reward from God. We have a hundred villages that have no church in Alaska. Not anymore. So why not? Because I said so along with a bunch of other people. We're going to plant churches all over this place. We, we, need, we need to and raise up native leadership from within the villages. That's what needs to happen. And it starts with us. All right, let me just give you a couple points so we can say I gave you some. Children and grandchildren are your solution. You raise your family right, then your children and your grandchildren are the solution to, to the problems of our society. They're, they're the solution in embryo form, if I could say it that way. They're small, they're little right now, but they're going to grow up and they're going to be make decision makers. Unless you don't teach them to work. Unless you don't teach them to be in the Word. Unless you don't teach them how to live godly. Unless you don't teach them how to pray. Unless you don't teach them how to serve. Unless you teach them to be glued to a video game the rest of their lives and they've got no, no, no relationship building, no problem solving. Come on, someone. You've got to build your kids. The most important, if you, if, you, if you lose your family, the man who does not provide for his family is worse than the infidel, says the word of God. Provisions more than money, people. It's giving them a spiritual warehouse and teaching them to, and getting them baptized in the Holy Ghost and teaching them to pray through, teaching them how to get a miracle, teaching them to walk with the living God. Can you say amen? amen. Number two. When children and grandchildren are flowing in ministry and in power, God's power flows through them to walk with them the rest of their lives. If they can experience a taste of the power of God in their lives and a relationship with God, it sets something when they're children. There's all kinds of statistics out there that kids that give their hearts to the Lord at an early age are more apt to serve Him all their days of their life or come back to Him rather than those that don't know the Lord and are raised. Number three, repent of thoughts and negative words and word curses that you've spoken over your children. Some of you have spoken over your kids things that you never should have. I wish you were never born. You were an accident. You're the accident. How about that? There is no illegitimate children. There's only illegitimate parents. 
You know what that just reminded me? I'm like, my mic? I was, this is just, this is just a commercial, okay? I'm going to get back to the message in a second. Um, Minister Wonderful, can you come to the piano, please? I'm preaching in, in Missouri, and the place is relatively full, and I, it's called the House of Hope. It's inner city. I mean, like inner city. It's like, like crack houses and stuff all, all around, and it's, it's, it's the hood. So we're all at the hood, and we're there, and I'm preaching, and I'm just preaching my brains out. And I, I said, come on! And the handle slid off the microphone. It shot straight across the church and hit between two people in an empty seat. I mean, it would have knocked somebody's tooth out. It flew all the way across the church and hit the seat. I was like, yes, thank you, God. He loves me. The devourer has been rebuked again. Okay, back to the message. Repent of thoughts. Some of you have thoughts about your children that you should not have. Some of you are like inconvenience that you have children. They're a reward. They've been given to God because He loves you so much. He's given you a, a weapon to, to bring forth the kingdom in the generation that's to come. Don't look at them like they're trouble. They're a blessing. Start speaking blessing over them. What is that statistic for everyone? negative word or every no that you need to say 10 positive things they say now i don't know what psych psychology came up with that but I, but i know this yeah it sounds good build them up because the devil wants to wreck your family so you got to spend time i'd encourage you spend time around the table it can be lunch it can be breakfast it can be dinner you know it's amazing how we gather around with food that's like in every culture how many of you like food Spend time. Listen, those of you that don't have kids as married couples, put your phone down, light a candle, and have some kids. No, I'm just kidding. Spend some time. You're like, what was that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Talk to each other. You, you build that. How about some eye contact? Put your phone down. Turn the screen off. Pictoph pictophilia. Pictophilia is addiction to screens. And there's a whole generation that can't be intimate with each other because they stare at screens all the time. Repent of thoughts and negative words. Thoughts that are spoken over your children. That you, they, maybe you've spoken over them. Come on, let's do that right now. Lord, forgive us for where we've blown it. Wash us and cleanse us. Help us to speak as though speaking of the very oracles of God. Lord, thank you for that. I pray for the healing power of God over every marriage, over every family, over every divorcee. I pray for the healing power of God right now over every child. Those online, there's people online even weeping because you didn't know what it was like to have a secure home. You don't have to stay up late at night in sorrow. You can actually have joy. Yes, moments of intercession and weeping, certainly, as you pray them through. Children are a reward from God. And I will tell you that children's ministry is one of the very most important ministries we have in this church. And we're not babysitting your kids. No, no, no. 
No, we're training them to be arrows. Not warped arrows either, but I need your help. If all they do is get training from Minister David, it's youth camp and a youth group, and, and they get children's ministry training, but then they go back home, and you're watching all kinds of defiled stuff on TV and cursing like a, you know what I'm talking about, and, then, and, and when the bill collector calls you, you endorse them to lie for you. Tell them I'm not home. Tell them I'm not home. Then you're raising someone who's got confusion in their mind. Stop it. Live for God with all your heart and train them to, to walk with the Lord. Train them to love God. Train your sons to open doors for women. Train them to say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Teach them. I, you know something? I never said yes, sir, or no, sir, when I was growing up. My daddy didn't teach me that. But when I went to boarding school, there's a bunch of southern boys that said, they just know how to say yes, sir. I don't know what in God's name that was about. It was like, yes, sir. And they got promoted because they said, yes, sir. No, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I watched them get favor, and I didn't. I all of a sudden said, huh, yes, ma'am. I, I got yes, ma'am, and no, sir, right away when I watched these southern boys just get promoted because they could talk southern or whatever it was. Listen, if you could teach your kids manners, you teach them to be respectful. You teach them to shut their mouth when other people are talking. I mean, there's probably a nicer way to say that, right, Pastor Karen? Teach them to be quiet, to be honoring. When the word is being preached, teach them not to be messing around. We don't let kids run up and down all that. You want to see me get upset? I get upset when I see kids running all over, tugging on cords and grabbing microphones and messing with my pulpit. If I'm talking to anybody, I will instantly end conversation, come and stop them from touching the pulpit and messing around. Why? Because this is what they used to call the sacred desk. This is what they used to, used to really honor and revere. And I think you can get religious and weird about it, but you need to teach your kids to love God and love the Word. Don't just throw the Bible on the ground next to the toilet. Don't do that. Come on, get, let, let cultivate honor in your home. Don't you let your son or your daughter talk stink to your wife. Don't you let them do that. You don't let them talk disrespectfully. Well, they're 11 and they just have their own mind and they don't want to come to church. Are you kidding me? You don't want to come to church at 11? You hook ear them and you get them in the car. They're going to go to school or the truancy officers come into your house. Understand, the Holy Spirit wants you to begin to daily direct your children and to raise up mighty men and women of God. I didn't have that so much when I was growing up. I did get some things, thankful for it. God wants to bring transformation to your family. You begin to build that. We're going to continue to add to this as we go along. We're putting this together in that right, Pastor Kirsten. It's important, right? Yes. Can you say that a little louder? Yes. Very good. Stand up on your feet. Lift your hands all across the place. Strong word. Good word. Good family word. I'm done. Come on, ask God to help you right now. Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, flush out every lie in Jesus' name. Ushers, when you come, we're going to receive communion. Come on, just begin to repent right now. Lord, forgive us. Wash us. Cleanse us.
Pastor Karen, come on up. Come on. Oh, yeah. It's too late now. I called you. Come on. I'm the head of my household. You need to come up right now. Got a couple things on her heart, and they're important. I want you to hear this for a moment. Go ahead, sweetheart. Well, I was going to say something other than that I told you also, but it can be hard to raise kids. I mean, it's such a great blessing, but it's been, it is one of the most challenging things. And so, I mean, you're preaching it. It's so strong and it's so powerful. And amen. And, you know, you go, it's hard. It can be hard. You know, our flesh is so weak, but God is, gives grace. And I'm so thankful. There's no perfect parents. Otherwise, Jesus never would have had to come and die. So uh -huh. praise God for that. And uh, God can give you strength. God gives us strength to do it. And I just want to say also that, you know, uh, if you're a single parent, you know, we don't ever just want to acknowledge parents that have both a mom and a dad in the house, but whatever parenting that you... Whether you're if, a single father or a single mother. Or a grandmother raising kids, whatever. Right. You know, God's grace. And He covers. You know, He covers and He's so good. And then also, you know, if your kids are grown up and out of the house, your grandparents, man, all these, there's so many new moms and young moms in this house. Oh, that need your encouragement. You yes. can do it, just like he was talking about. And somebody came and put his arm around his back. We all need encouragement. It's tough. It can be tough. You know, there's seasons where there's difficulty. And it, it's, you know, you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that nope, you're not. felt like pulling my hair out sometimes. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. But the God. Holy Spirit, time he and does. time again, He's time gracious. and time again, He would speak to us and, and lead us and guide us and, and give direct. us help. I, I don't know and what we do without a church family. You I know, know. And send you come help. to the altar and you pray and you're like, oh man, I need some wisdom and oh have God. somebody lay hands on you. It says in uh, is it Deuteronomy or Numbers or Old Testament, Joshua was filled with wisdom because Moses laid his hands yeah. on. Him. And if you're parenting or you're in the process of all of that with your grandparent, a single mom, single dad. Any you can parent. get prayer and God can and give you wisdom. Yeah. You need wisdom of how to raise your children so that they can become those. Yeah. And there's a right? lot of wisdom in this room right here. Lots too. of wisdom. Lots of wisdom. Lots of gray hair. That's a sign of wisdom. That's right. I got lots of it. You just can't see it. That's right. Yay. <laughs> Amen. Oh, the blood, yes. Oh,
Once everyone is served, we'll receive communion all together. And I, we would always have our kids, we let our kids have communion. We did. We taught them about that. It didn't mean so much to them when they were younger, but they understand now. Daniel, come on up here, son, and take your hood off. Amen. Praise God. Love you. Come on up. I got a little man of God here, just turned 16 years old. Come on, we're going to take communion all together. You get with your family, all right? If your kids are, if your kids are not with your family, your family's here, go get with your family. Go on, go, go on. Go on, get going. The family that prays together stays together, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a sacred moment. It really is. Say, is it a big deal? Yep, it's a big deal. I, I'm, I'm all for letting kids run with the, or run with the, you know, their tribe and in a godly way. But there's something about receiving communion together as a family. We're going to do this more often on Sunday night. I just think it's powerful. It really is. You ready? You say, well, I don't, I don't have a family. Well, there's, 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 there, you just join up with one of these families. We're all family here, all right? Come on, you just get in one of these groups. Does anybody here don't have a family? You're here all by yourself. All right, come on. I can't see too good because of the lights, but you can go get, go get with somebody. It's all right. We're glad you're here. Come on. Whoever's next to that sweet sister right there, put a hand on them. Say, okay, all right, good. All right, you ready? Come on, let's, we're going to take communion as a family. Let's repent. Lord, forgive us for where we've blown it, fallen short. We ask you to wash and cleanse us now. We thank you for your, your body, which is broken, your blood, which is shed. Lord, I pray for healing right now and a washing and cleansing of your blood and for healing. We declare that by your stripes we're healed. We declare your soon return, your imminent return. We declare your kingdom at hand. Wash us and cleanse us now. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. In likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood which is shed for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So God, we remember that your blood still flows from Calvary and your broken body and your blood is available for us now by faith to receive forgiveness, healing, cleansing, deliverance, provision. We declare it and we declare, even so, Maranatha, even so, come Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. Nome took communion and they all started cracking all the cups. I thought, where did he get that from? <laughs> we smashed those plastic cups many, many, 10, 12 years ago. You don't have to do it. But it is a picture of the curse being broken. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Awesome. I hope you got something from the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before our prophetic teams come. Minister Ava, are we ready for that tonight? All right, good. Prophetic teams, why don't you come right now? Just line up evenly across the front. Every head bowed, people praying. You're not right with God tonight. You want to give your heart to Jesus. If you're online, on YouTube, all across the miles, those under the sound of my voice. 
You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You want your sins forgiven and heaven to be your home. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment because you drifted, then pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And just as Jesus rose again from the grave, raise my life up now. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill and touch each and every one. And I pray, God, in addition, that you would strengthen marriages tonight. That you would strengthen families tonight. I bind and break off strife and every assignment of the enemy that would try to steal, kill, and destroy. And I speak proper order in homes. I speak healing over the brokenhearted and those that have been abandoned by fathers or by mothers. I pray healing for those who have been through divorce, for children and adults alike. And that God, this house, we would see mighty ones raised up to make an impact in the world like arrows launched forth. Even, Lord, in you have your king enthroned in Zion. We would see marketplace ministry, those being powerfully used in, in technology and leadership and, and even governmental leaders and social leaders. God, you'd raise them up. Teachers and doctors and lawyers, Lord, anointed to make a difference like arrows shot into the culture. Our dying and damned culture will see a revival because of our kids. God, help us to do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.